0: Hey, you're listening to Rocks. God, the world and other things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission? You got it. Say it with me. Advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Thank you so much for listening. I want to ask you to consider being a part of making this podcast possible. The podcast is supported by donations from people just like you. So if you're interested, check the show notes. You'll see a click to go to the link to donate. It is a secure portal through PayPal. Also, once you're there on the donate page for our organization, it'll give you information on how you can also mail a donation into our PO box number. I've talked on this podcast many times about Pastor Jack Hibbs, who is the pastor at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills in California. I want to encourage you stay up with him and what he's talking about. I'll have a link in the show notes for Real Life with Jack Hibbs. I'll have a link to the episode happening now, The Grand Deception with Pastor Jack and Amir Safarti, and I tell you, it is eye-opening, and it is important. It is historic, and it's for this time. So I invite you, check him out, listen to him. I think he's the real deal, and God is speaking through this man. All right, into the show. This is season 16, episode 342. Title, Trying to Swallow Something That Won't Go Down. Subtitle, The Plight of the Abandoned Soul. My wife discovered The Midford Years, a series of 10 novels by super successful American writer Jan Karen. The Midford Years is set in the fictional town of Midford, North Carolina. The novels are Christian-themed and center on the life of the rector, Father Tim. As a part of our spiritual morning devotion together, we wrap up the time by reading from one of Jan Karen's books. It's very natural and soul-inspiring. We finished the ten books in the series and have now launched into the first of four standalone books that deep dive into some specific aspect of the series. The 1st standalone book in the company of others chronicles Father Tim and his wife Cynthia as they finally make good on a much-needed post-retirement vacation to Timothy's ancestral homeland, Ireland. On page 123, Cynthia talks to Timothy about a woman that they have encountered at the guest lodge where they're staying. Cynthia says she's a very deep and profound young woman and she knows something, Timothy, something she's desperate to talk about. It's like a worm gnawing at her. Father Tim replied, And isn't that the way with all of us? Remember me telling you about old Vance Havener? He said everyone's trying to swallow something that won't go down. Then Karen gives us insight into Tim's thinking. He'd seen it in his years of counseling parishioners. He'd seen it in himself again and again. And this morning in Anna. The gnawing worm was ever present in a broken world. Friend, have you ever had that sense inside of you? That sense of trying to swallow something from your present or past that just won't go down? That sense like a worm is gnawing at you on the inside. I worked with a minister associate who went on a mission trip to Africa. He came back very sick. Whatever he contracted began to really disrupt his bowels. As the post-trip days progressed, he became increasingly sick. He went to the doctor, they ran a bunch of tests, and nothing. His eyes began to have a hollow, noticeably black ring around them he was really suffering with no relief. Finally, in an act of desperation, he went to a holistic healer. She was not a witch or a Wiccan. She was just someone who practiced natural remedies for health maladies. In one visit, she diagnosed him with tapeworms. She said that he had one large one and a bunch of small ones. She prescribed wormwood to him. Common wormwood, Artemisia absinthium, is a perennial herb used in the alcoholic beverages absinthe, and vermouth. The alcoholic beverage absinthe was in vogue in the late 1800s among the enclave of impressionist artists and post-impressionists like Van Gogh. The bitter tasting plant has been used for centuries for medicinal purposes to reduce pain and swelling and to treat digestive problems like intestinal worms and skin infections. Its oil contains the chemical thujone, which may be poisonous. My friend took the wormwood and it did its job, And a few days later, he passed the dead tapeworms and was healed. He was a real victim of worms gnawing on him. When life circumstances come at you like that, and you're striving to deal with something that just isn't working outright, something you just can't swallow down, my friend, many times we feel that we are left within that moment, the sense of an abandoned soul. When we enter that state, that sense of the abandoned soul, we'll seek the numbing of a hurtful past or present. A major part of my personal makeup is my burden and concern for hurting people. That is why the past few podcasts have dealt with the problem of alcohol and its ineffectiveness to address the pain, depression, and anxiety that life throws at you. The follow-up podcasts that talk about the need for healthy meditation and the alleviation of the cognitive dissonance that arises from sin or internal conflict with external behaviors. The solution that works for all of this is a vibrant relationship with our Creator God. Unfortunately, we have an increasing number of voices in our society, some of whom are of great prominent stature, who are advocating the most outlandish and dangerous means to cope and reclaim sound mental health. Beyond the strong advocacy for the legalization of marijuana, these dangerous people are beginning to seek the legitimization of the use of psilocybin, which according to the DEA, is a chemical obtained from certain types of fresh or dried mushrooms. Psilocybin mushrooms are found in Mexico, Central America, and the United States. Common street names include magic mushrooms, mushrooms, and shrooms. Psilocybin mushrooms are ingested orally. They may also be brewed as tea or added to other foods to mask their bitter flavor. The physical effects include nausea, vomiting, muscle weakness, and a lack of coordination. The psychological consequences of psilocybin use include hallucinations, and an inability to discern fantasy from reality. Panic reactions and psychotic-like episodes also may occur, particularly if a user ingests a high dose. Effects of overdose include longer, more intense trip episodes, psychosis, and possible death. Abuse of psilocybin mushrooms could also lead to poisoning if one of the many varieties of poisonous mushrooms is incorrectly identified as a psilocybin mushroom psilocybin effects are like other hallucinogens such as mescaline and peyote in the United States, at least on paper anyway. And the reason why I say that, at least on paper, is that because of the number of prominent people who are openly talking about all the class one drugs that they take, and we're not seeing any reaction or response from the DEA or law enforcement officers. They're talking openly about taking everything from mushrooms to the ayahuasca People are going to South America on these trips to these sweat lodges to where they take that garbage made from a concoction of plants, and it is blowing their minds, all seeking to be free mentally. Psilocybin is a Schedule I substance under the Controlled Substance Act, meaning that it has a high potential for abuse, no currently accepted medical use and treatment in the United States, and a lack of accepted safety for use under medical supervision. The penalties for selling or intending to sell a Schedule I or II drug are the harshest of any classification of controlled substances. If convicted, you could face a felony conviction, imprisonment for 5 to 40 years, a fine up to $500,000. If death or serious injury results from the use of the drug, the mandatory minimum sentence is 20 years. Heroin and LSD are Class I drugs. Enhanced penalties are also available for distribution. Cocaine, meth, fentanyl, and PCP are class 2 drugs. But friend, this substance, along with other drugs like LSD, are being tested in university labs in an effort to try and prove these disastrous substances as medicinal in nature. Keep in mind that the people who were the LSD-dropping, pot-smoking, mushroom-eating hippies of the late 60s are now at the helms of many of our institutions and government. So the resistance to just blow open the doors wide to a nation of smokers, dopers, and drinkers went the way of the Ward and June Cleaver generation of the 1950s. You read of the universities calling for a new look at the use of lysergic acid diethylamide, known as LSD, prescribed in microdoses to help people with severe mental health issues. Even the popular dance rave drugs like MDMA, ecstasy, which is the leader among the drugs of choice like ketamine, GHB, and rofinol, I think I'm saying that correctly, is in testing. Just Google this phrase, and it's going to be in the show notes. University testing of drugs like MDMA for mental health use. It'll blow your mind, and you'll see the race to normalize all these hideous, highly addictive, brain-damaging drugs. On the Recovery Center website, LandmarkRecovery.com, they reference Joe Rogan, the number one podcaster in the world, and the fact that he is very open about his recreational use of mind-altering substances than a lot of his detractors like to admit, and certainly a great evangelizer. On the Recovery Center website, LandmarkRecovery.com, they reference Joe Rogan, the number one podcaster in the world, and the fact that he is very open about his recreational use of mind-altering substances, than a lot of his detractors like to admit, and certainly a great evangelizer for the use of psychedelics, But despite Rogan's enthusiasm for new therapeutically psychedelic experiences, he's forgotten to slap a warning label on his psychotropic endorsements. Even people considered a more trustworthy source of conservative thought like Jordan Peterson was a mess both mentally and physically at the same time he was promoting his bestseller book, 12 Rules for Life, The Antidote for Chaos. He was addicted to benzodiazepines, then removed from that addictive substance to ketamine. He became public of his two-year bout with massive mental collapse when it appears from what he says, people in the press who evidently had been following Peterson across the globe as he sought mental health relief, they were getting ready to ruin his life by revealing his sad condition. The point is, here's one of the best minds in psychology today, at least from a public standpoint, with mental decay so strong that it almost cost him his life. If a super-informed, educated, psychologically-trained clinician can't figure it out, folks, this lets you know how overwhelming it can become for any of us, even if we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Friend, make no mistake about it. Jesus is the answer for every mental health assault, the life swill that we just can't swallow, and damage from a hurtful past that gnaws at us from the inside out. Satan is using the very real collapse of our culture, our country, and our world to to assault people and take them down the rabbit hole of addiction, mind control, and a permanent sense of an abandoned soul. My friend, what a blight, what a cancer that has come to our nation, all under the guise of helping someone in mental need. The result is like giving a loaded handgun to a severely suicidal person. You just wouldn't do it. This podcast is a call for repentance and restraint to all who are in a tailspin mentally, from whatever the cause. These are hard times, and many people are desperate and looking for mental relief from the pressures of life that assault their minds. There is a massive amount of Bible verses, my friend, to read and absorb that can inform your mind of the cure and freedom that God offers to you right now, free of charge. If you don't have the Holy Bible app, which is available for all smartphones, I encourage you to download it and use it to connect with the specific Bible verses that will give you the hope you need to change and to look to Jesus for the solutions of the gnawing sensation of an abandoned soul. The link for the app will be in the show notes. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.